0: Hello and welcome to Reality Roots Pod with me, your host Hillary. I feel like I'm back in my groove this week. I'm back with Sally. Sally, no, sorry, sorry, <laughs> Sally Jesse Raphael. I feel like Sally never lets me down. She always gives me a good episode with a lot of feelings or that makes me feel a lot of feelings and there's feelings in it I suppose. This week I found myself this week I learned about myself is, is I learned that I have a very specific trigger. This episode is called Help My Teen Needs a Makeover. I found the last time that I did an Makeover episode was one of my first episodes of this podcast, which was Jenny Jones, and Jenny Jones is generally so offensive <laughs> that I was triggered by it. But I kind of associated that more with being triggered by what a bitch Jenny Jones is. At least on her, show. I don't know in person, but on her show, she really is. She's too much. So I thought that that was my problem. And then this week, I was like, "Oh, this will be fun, nice, light you know makeovers who you know who cares about makeovers really it's it's pretty low stakes overall, and by a, I don't know a third, maybe half of the way through the episode, I was screaming at my iPad that I was watching it on. it was so much like wow, 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 I." I don't know. I'm spoiled. Maybe I mentioned this before, but I didn't really realize... You know, you grow up one way and you think that's how everyone else grows up and that should be fine, but the thing is, I my parents let me wear whatever I want when I was growing up. I mean, within reason. I do remember having a few arguments because, like, I don't know, we were going to church or something and they wanted me to... Dress nice, or like, I don't know. It's not that we didn't, it's not that I was a- allowed to wear what I wanted at all times, but I was definitely allowed to pick my clothes to go to school. Uh, I had to I guess follow the weather but like it was just it wasn't a lot of like restrictions and I don't remember people like forcing me into specific outfits and then I grew up and I realized that that was not a universal experience that a lot of people's parents are very particular about what they wear it turns out (laughs) that I get very triggered by people telling anyone what to wear as much as okay I want to clarify because I know I sound like a hypocrite I obviously come on this podcast and I read people. Oh, I I don't know if I read people to filth. That might be taking, like that might, that might be a bit dramatic, if you will. But I, the the people that I'm generally shit talking, are adults <laughs> for the most part, and they're thirty years in the past. So I feel like most of the people have made better choices since then. And with adults it's just I don't know, it's about choices. With kids, it's about bigger than that. It's more it's more than that. I really don't like it. I don't like it. I I'm not to get too topical or too political, but it's a big red flag to me when certain people in the country start telling other people what they can and cannot can and cannot wear. When those people are adults, just because maybe it makes them uncomfortable or they don't understand it, you can be uncomfortable, but when you tell somebody else, like, when you put restrictions on their expression through fashion, I think that's fascist. Like, I think that's very fascist, and I'm not for it. I'm not a fascist. I'm like, call me what you want, but you can't, I don't think you can call me a fascist. Everyone should be able to wear whatever they want. I should be able to make fun of it if I want to. That's my right. But I'm not saying you can't wear it or that you must wear something else. I'm just saying you should use your freedom of expression to make better choices. That's all. I think that that's different. That's a line of distinction that I'm drawing. Probably just so that I don't feel like a hypocrite. But I I think it's reasonable. I think that's a reasonable position to take. So Sally gives us, like, a little intro with previews and pictures and, like, videos, I guess, of what's coming. In summary, I'm just going to tell you basically pretty much what's going to happen. One kid is here who wants this makeover real bad. And some other kids are here who will be forced by their parents to comply with a facade of their parents' creation instead of being given the opportunity to individuate and mature in a natural way. Ready? (laughs) Guess whose side I'm on. The intro also includes a line to the effect of their parents say, I don't know what you're trying to say with these outfits, but say it away from me, which is stupid. I think that's a stupid thing to say. I don't know what you're trying to say, But say it the fuck away from me. What if they're trying to say something nice? If you don't understand. Or what if they're trying to say, I need attention. Or I need help. Or like, I need to be my own person. Or (laughs) there's a lot of things they could be saying. I think they're all important. I don't know if, I don't know, my kid's younger. Maybe come back in 10 years and maybe I'll feel differently. But when my kid says things that I don't understand. I'm not generally like, well, I don't understand that at all, so get it away from me. (laughs) Like, I want want to understand it. (laughs) I want to make sure. And then maybe when I understand it, maybe I'll have whatever feeling about it. That's fine. But like, no, I want to understand what you're going through or to the best of my ability so I can help you through it. I'm not trying to shove you into a different box. Anyway, Sally tells us, You won't believe your eyes. Get ready. You're not watching, so you maybe will believe your eyes because I don't know what you're looking at, but you won't believe your ears when I tell you what my eyes are looking at. First up, we have Sharon. I don't like the name Sharon, but that is a me problem. I don't even know if I mentioned it. I think I had a babysitter who honestly was a very nice, I think she was a very nice lady. I think... As a child, she felt too strict, but I don't think she was too strict. I think she was just doing a good job. But because I have that association with the name Sharon, I don't like it. Sharon says the kids at school call her daughter names, says like she doesn't dress cool like the rest of them. Sharon's hair needs help, too. If you have a moment, Sally, like if you have all the makeover people here and you can just give Sharon a new haircut, I think it would be nice of you to do. It's her hair is badly cut. It's a bad length. It's poorly styled vis-a-vis not styled in a very high humidity, which is also what I, well, I don't live in a high humidity area, but I don't really style my hair either. But that's different than being poorly or like, I don't know. It was bad. It was it was just the cut. It looked, it looked bad. It was bad. It had a bad bang that looked like it was about three weeks into the I'm growing out my bangs phase. <laughs> it looked horrible. It, it, it looked bad. <laughs> she should have got a wig or something or I don't know. I don't know. It's bad. We get to hear what the bullies on the bus say. No, I'm not obviously on the bully side. I'm not for bullies. But for like the core high school person in my heart laughed to be honest. I don't know. It, they really I guess what they do like the bus ride seems to be the biggest problem and that sucks. I'm not saying that's okay. If you were getting bullied every day on the bus, that's horrible. What the bullies are doing, or one of the things that Sharon tells us that they do, is they all count to three and then yell, Leah sucks, <laughs> like, all at the same time. I just can't even say it with a laughing. It's not funny. Like, it, it's not funny. I feel bad for Leah. But it's, like, so... It's that stupid funny that I was talking about last week. It's the right amount of stupid to be funny to me. <laughs> like, that's so dumb. And but it would it would I understand it would hurt your feel like it would absolutely devastate me if people did that to me in high school, don't get me wrong. It's just in hindsight when you look at the quality of the insults. It's so <laughs> stupid that it's silly. Sharon says she has talked to like with the school to no avail. It's a tough spot to be in as a parent. I don't really know if there's like a right thing to do. Sharon is upset. Like I understand she explains that she always taught her kids that it's what's on the inside that counts but now they're not even getting it they're like dipping their toe into the shallowest part of the water and that lesson that she enforced for so many years is turning out not to be fully accurate oh it's like <laughs> that stuff i it's just it's hard it's hard with the bullies because like I understand why you taught your kids that it's what's on the inside and not the outside that counts. That is a good lesson and a good value to pass on to your kids. You cannot expect everyone in the world to uphold your same values. And I think as an, as an adult, you should be aware that it's the world's not perfect. And sometimes people do judge you for what's on the outside and As much as you want to tell your kids that that's not the right way, I think you should maybe prepare them for this, (laughs) for, for this reason, for, for not everybody always acting the right way. It's tough guys. It's tough. Also, okay. I don't know where, I don't know if this is the best place to say this, but like, or just I... Um, I feel like I talk about these parenting books a lot. I th- I can't even remember if it was a podcast or a book, but I remember kind of, I think it was a book, bit of a little workshop, I guess, that was happening. And one of the dads was talking about his daughter who was in a similar age to this group, like 13, 12, 13. And he was kind of asking the group for help. Like she's getting bullied a lot, and I don't know how to support her or like how to help her in this situation. And some of the parents were like, well, what do they bully her about? And one of the things is that she was pretty overweight for her age. And the other parents, I mean, there's a a right way and a wrong way to say it, but like, bullies do serve a purpose. I'm not saying bullies are always correct or nice or that anybody should be a bully. Please don't bully other people. But sometimes we have to look at the situation and especially, I don't know, it's hard. It's hard, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> so particularly, I would say teenagers, like your peer groups are, there is, there is value in the feedback that you get from your peer group in a way that you can't really get value from interactions with your parents because your parent, I don't, you never, you it's just different. Like there's too big a generational gap they're never going to fully understand. So if your peer group is teasing you or bullying you for being overweight, that's not correct on their behalf. There is something to be said of reflection though, to be like, could I live a healthier lifestyle? Would that be in my best interest and I mean if it's not like if if you only weigh like 80 pounds and people are saying you're fat no then you should look at that and be like no that's not advice that is in my best interest for me to take but if you are not remember last week we talked about that poor guy Pete remember Pete (laughs) Pete Pete suffered consequences for for being at an unhealthy weight for a prolonged period of time And you guys understand what I'm saying, right? Like, if it's just sometimes there's feedback in the bullying that we. I've already. Oh my god, I feel like I've talked in circles around this for so long because I didn't want to say it. But like, because I don't want to say that bullies are right. (laughs) The problem (laughs) again. I'm not for bullying. I'm just saying maybe sometimes we can look at what feedback is in there in an objective way, and try to discern if there is valuable advice in there because a lot of times peer groups do have insight that you don't necessarily have as a parent and that dad in that story did you know say oh you know what we we don't really eat you know we eat a lot of junk food in our house and we're not very active and so as a household let's see if we can all change that I'm not saying go back and put her on a diet because people at school said she's fat no not what I'm saying <laughs> I want to be very clear When he looked at it, like, as a father, he was like, you know what? The bullies, maybe there is a grain of truth in there. Like, we could make better choices as far as living a healthy lifestyle goes as an entire family. And maybe the best way to help our daughter in this case is to to implement changes that will help her with the weight. Okay, I'm going to stop talking about that now because I feel like I'm just digging myself into a hole. I hope you guys understand what I mean. So Sharon tried to talk to the school and Sally asks Sharon if Leah does well in school. And Sharon says, surprisingly, yes. <laughs> it's like, that's fucking rude. Like, what do You mean surprisingly? That's your daughter. I guess, I think maybe she means because of the bullying. Like it must be really distracting to be bullied and Somehow Leah's still pulling off good marks, but the way she said it, <laughs> surprisingly, yes. It's like, oh, wow. That's not nice. Coming from someone who just said that the bullies might have a point, I guess. Glasshouse. house. Sharon says Leah, this is another thing that I didn't, I was like, what? Sharon says Leah has low self-esteem because she was born at one pound, six ounces, four months prematurely. I was like, what? I don't, does she remember that? Is that something that affects your self esteem? I, again, I'm not saying that's a grid, a grid. Oh my God. Listen to me. Grid start in life. I just, I, I know people who were very premature like that and I don't, I don't think that it affected their self-esteem the way that they kind of describe it I guess is like because she was so small she was fragile and the family was like oh no you can't do that or maybe you know be careful or something like that she couldn't maybe do things that other kids her age could do like physically for a while so I mean I think they have a corrected age though I know I know somebody who gave birth prematurely and they have like some kind of corrected age like obviously if you're born four months premature when you're three months old we don't expect you to be hitting the same milestones as a full-term baby that was nine months old or three months old whatever so I I don't know it's like they it sounds like everyone loves Leah and they tried really hard to take good care of her but maybe They might have sheltered her a bit, and now it's leading to this problem. So when Sharon went to talk to the school, I guess they had like a school psychologist, and they did tests. I don't know what tests. Like tests for low self-esteem. It sounds like they kind of already identified that. But anyway, she reached out to the school psychologist for assistance, and the school psychologist told her, listen, Sharon, you've just got to face it. Leah's a nerd. (laughs) That's rude. That's not something, again, okay. Leah might be a bit of a nerd. The thing is, I don't think as a school psychologist, I don't think that was appropriate for her to say to the girl's mother. Again, maybe there's a grain of truth in the rudeness, but I can see how that would hurt, or how Sharon felt let down by a system that was supposed to hurt her, or, oh my gosh, help her. Apparently, a lot of family members wrote to Sally on Leah's behalf. We don't, I don't know how many, but at least three, I guess. The mom, and the grandma, and the grandfather, Sally says she's never been inundated with so many letters about one person. (laughs) They must have campaigned and all wrote at the same time and talked to each other about it, I assume. It's not just a random, like, happenstance. There is a nice moment where, again, it's like, it's hard because, again, I think Leah is sheltered. And I think maybe her parents did contribute to this, her family a little bit, just by sheltering her. Which is understandable because when you have a baby that's very premature like that, I think your instinct is to shelter them because they need sheltering at first. It's just hard to sort of let go once they catch up to their peers. Anyway, Sharon comments and kind of reflects. It's like a nice mode. I think Sharon is a good mom. Like, she has a moment of gratitude to be like, how lucky is Leah to have so many people that care about her so much that they would write in about it. Now we see the letter and it is in the letter. I think the first letter they read is from the grandfather and I guess he's a grandfather and he's in the 90s. So I'll give him, I got it. I guess I have to give him a pass, but this letter is written in the wildest font I've ever seen. At first I thought it was in Korean because I literally could not even make out letters and words. And then I, I sort of started to see, I I feel like it was a font that had like all caps in it. It was very like futuristic. It was like, if you would have seen it used as the font for a title on a poster, you would have been like, wow, that's a bad font. But to use it in a letter, like (laughs) it's a bad, it's a bad choice. And I see a date it's dated March, 1996. The letter is written all fancy with, like, as much as it's in the worst possible font, I did notice that it's written really fancy. Like, by fancy, I mean with the correct professional formatting with, like, the address and the top right corner and there's, like, the from. It's all the bullshit template that I learned when I was in grade 9 business class that I have not used even one time since. But... It makes sense that a grandfather in the 90s would be good at that. Sally reads another letter, which is from a grandmother. I don't know if it's like the wife of the grandfather we just met, but it was kind of sad. Part of that letter talks about Leah asking her parents for a small radio with earphones, not so she could listen to music, but so she could drown out the people shit talking her to her face on the bus every day. And that is actually very sad to think about as a parent. I get it. I feel bad for Leah. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I said it a lot. So out comes Leah to this weird, jazzy, dark sort of music. I wrote dark. I don't know if it was in a minor key or like what was going on, but it was like, do, 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 Like it wasn't Sally's normal music. It was really intense. And for all the intensity of the music, Leah look like a nerd when she comes out she's got like weird glasses and her hair is in a low ponytail which it looks like she put and like she did her ponytail in the same level of humidity as her mother's hair was done it looks bad she's got a big flannel shirt on top of like a button up it's not her fault <laughs> could be helped there's a few things that i'm like oh that's not good but You know, we can make styling choices to fix this. That's why Leah's here, I think. Leah, again, Leah's the only one who wants to be here out of all the people getting makeovers. And I I think that she could probably get some valuable stuff out of here because there are some things going on that styling could help. Leah has what Tyra Banks would describe as a five head, maybe a six head. Leah's got a lot of forehead, like a lot, a lot of forehead, like as much forehead as takes up the rest of her face or like the space of her face is the same amount of space that her forehead takes up. If that made sense. Her lower face, I mean, oh my God. (laughs) So Leah also like, I don't know, she's got a really gummy smile. Like we see a lot of her gums. I didn't really mention it till later. She has glasses, which... Glasses aren't nice. Glass. I don't think I don't. In the '90s, glasses were more like a sign of a nerd. And when I think about her look, it's very like she's all that. Like, oh, we'll take off the glasses and the ponytail, and wow, what a difference! The thing is, Leah does need the glasses. It's just I think without them, she. It's not there. I think she's not even a lot. I feel badly saying this. I don't want to say it. Her eyes are, like, a little, little, little bit wall-eyed sometimes. Not all the time, but just sometimes one of them kind of drifts off a little bit. Again, and the gums and the five head. I just, it's like, I think all of these things could be helped with styling. I don't think she's, like, a lost cause by any means, but the choices she's made today to come on this show were not the choices that needed to be made. We learn a little bit more about the bullying from Leah, 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 okay, guys, it's choices, right, it's choices, Leah, and it's feedback, and it's, (laughs) it's not kindly delivered, we could deliver feedback in a better way, that's the bully problem, but you could take the feedback, (laughs) if you can, it would maybe help, they're trying to uh, I don't know if they're trying to help you but in a roundabout way like in a subconscious way I feel like maybe they are trying to help you Leah tells us that kids the kids make fun of her for wearing white socks with these big chunky black sandals they're like heels it does look really bad like again n- nugget of truth in the bullying it's here. Don't wear white socks with black sandals. Don't wear any socks with those sandals, Leah. That's that's a bad choice. Now, I do have to come for the bullies here for a second because apparently based on this choice and this choice alone, they call her Hippie Walker. Why? What What does that mean, Hippie Walker? I, I can't even figure out if it's Hippie, like... A hippie, like, ooh, from the 60s. Fire out, man. Hippie. Or if it's, like, hippie, like, her hips. Because I don't understand what either one of those has to do with socks and sandals. I guess the walker is from the sandals. It's... I, I don't understand. And they call her funky hair. It was funky. I thought funky was a good thing in the 90s. Remember Teen Witch? He's so funky fresh. Bullies do better, in a sense, also, right? Sally has kind of a nice moment where she explains to all of us that when she was in school, she was just like Leah, except she was actually shit at school. <laughs> she tells us she said she was second second bottom from her class. She was never asked on a date or asked to prom, so she says she knows exactly how Leah feels. And then she tells her, that, <laughs> first of all, two things. She says that a lot of these people that are like Sally and Leah go on to be great successes. She adds, not that I'm a success, except you have a successful daytime talk show with your name as like the flagship marquee for the whole fucking thing, Sally. I think we can go ahead and say that Sally Jesse Raphael is pretty successful. And it's weird. It's a weird, it's a weird false modesty, I think, to say not that I'm a success when we're on the Sally Jesse Raphael show and your name is Sally Jesse Raphael, but okay. And then she goes on to say that it's like the reason that these people go on to be successful is that they get angry in response to the bullies. So they turn around and do something with their lives. And in my head, I immediately, I was like, like become a mass shooter or a big tech CEO. And I know that I have been not. I'm not. i don't say I'm pro. I'm not pro bully, but I understand that some of my hot takes on this episode might come off as as pro bully. But I, the reason I'm not a pro bully is because, yes, Sally, you're right. It does make kids angry, and how they process that anger can go one of two ways. So maybe let's not. I don't know. It seemed like a weird thing to say. I guess it was pre-Columbine, so maybe that's why. I don't know. Sally asks Leah, like, oh, did not one of the popular girls in your school ever come up to you at any point and ask to be your friend? And I was like, Sally, did you forget what high school is? You just told us that you got bullied, so you should know (laughs) that the answer is no. But the way that she frames it, I mean, she does say that, and then she kind of frames it with, like, so not even one of them was brave enough to come talk to you, which is an interesting way to put it. It would be brave of them to go up and talk to her. It's just not a level of bravery that I expect from most teenage girls, that's all. Sally asks Leah if she's been on a date, and Leah says no. She says, I've been single for 15 years, which is very Funny, that was funny. Leah's obviously smart. That is a funny joke. It also made me think there was somebody that I worked with who was told me she was filling in a form and it asked like, "Are you married or single or in a relationship, or whatever?" Then it was like, "How long have you?" Because she picked single, so then it was like the next page, "How long have you been single?" And she was like, "My whole fucking life. Fuck you. Like, what the fuck? Rude." Leah has a list of reasons that she wants a makeover. Here it is. It's not the best list, but she's 15, so, okay. One, to attract boys. Fair, Sally's like, so you're a normal normal person then, great. Two, to feel g- glamorous. Uh, three, to be thought of as pretty. Four, to try new things. I like that one. Five, to change myself on the outside and to get a new style so people will treat her better. Sally asks Leah how she wants the makeover to make her look, and Leah says, fabulous! Leah, is, I'm sure, grows up to be fabulous. It's not a lack of desire, I don't think. She'll get there. She just needs a little bit of help. I, Judging by her mom's hair and her grandfather's choice of font, I feel like this isn't really a stylish family (laughs) she just needs to I don't know get out on her own a little bit up next Debbie with her two children two children Colby who is 13 and Sheena who is 12 I'm not I don't I'm going to talk about them more when they come on but what I did find confusing is Colby looked younger than Sheena boys just I think sometimes are later bloomers Sheena was definitely taller She just looked older. I don't know. Colby still looked like a kid to me. And Sheena looked more like a tween or maybe a young teenager. Sally tells us that Debbie says her kids look like freaks. I hate. This is when I started. Okay, Leah, fine. Leah wants a makeover. Leah is asking for help with styling, which she desperately needs. And that's great. Like, I'm fine with all of that. Now we get into some dicey waters. I don't like that Debbie called her, or said that her kids looked like freaks. I don't like the word freaks. I think it is rude. Like, I, I don't even... I, 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 You'd be surprised by the words that I take offense to. They're probably not the ones that most people take offense to, but freaks is definitely, I think, on the list somewhere because the way that I reacted when Debbie... And we hear it a couple times in this episode. I don't, I don't like it. I don't, I don't like it. I think it speaks to, uh, I don't, to conformity. I I don't like it. Also, Debbie, you look like you spend too much time at the fucking tanning salon and you're too heavy handed with your eyeliner and I can't really come for her looks. Like I'm not saying she's ugly, or any or even that she's dressed badly, but she looks like a bitch. Like she looks like someone I wouldn't want to talk to at a grocery store because she'd probably construct some kind of argument and start filming me and being a Karen or something. <laughs> it's fucking rude. She just looks like a natural bitch. Now in her own words, Debbie says, literally freaky, right out of the garbage can you'd think they'd crawled out of. Dirty. Like their clothes are meticulously clean, but you'd never know it. They know it. They write on everything they can write on. Black nail polish, green nail polish, green lipstick, black, orange, anything that's unusual. They'll put it on. Debbie, what does this tell you? (laughs) Stop being offended and be curious about what your kids are going through (laughs) or expressing hate Debbie this is see see how triggered this makes me it just it's like speaks to such it's okay (laughs) I understand it's hard as a mom to like as your kids get older they become their own people and you have to let go and that's hard to do I would never oh there's this word I've been trying to think of for like four weeks and I can't think of it I would never like negate that or invalidate that I guess fuck, I wish there's a word I, I want to say minimize but it's not oh, fuck like literally three weeks I've been trying to think of the story so anyway I'm not I'm not minimizing the di- the difficulty that we face as mothers and letting go of your kids and letting go of control of your kids to some extent because when they're one you get to pick their outfits they can't say I like this or I don't like this I mean they can cry if it's uncomfortable but You are in control of everything when they're babies and you, it's, it's a hard transition or it's a difficult transition as they get older to gradually relinquish that control. If you don't relinquish it, they will take it. (laughs) So like they, they will become their own people regardless of how hard you try to control them (laughs) past it being appropriate. It's just if that, I don't know if that's why I don't know I just feel triggered it's like it's it speaks to bad parenting it speaks to fascism <laughs> it speaks to um I guess conformity like I said or trying to push people into one identical box I don't like it Debbie be better she goes on to say my son wears make up people think he's a woman you'd think he would learn from it but he just sits there and says i'm a boy and this is the way i like it he wears more mousse and hairspray in his hair than you can find in a salon it's amazing and my daughter's a model she's done modeling and you would never know it debbie you're a bitch like i don't (laughs) fuck you He's fine. Who cares? Like again, the the thing is also is that the harder you try to fight this, the more extreme they're gonna go. Because again, they are trying to individuate, which means they have to push off of you to some extent and reject some things that you're wanting. It's just on principle, like I call it. Even I still do it sometimes. I call it just sometimes. I just want to nope something. Like sometimes I'll say no to something just just. So just because I can, and I feel like I need to exercise that right sometimes. He's allowed to wear whatever he wants, like if, if he is, if it's makeup or whatever. There's a lot, at least at this point, against boys wearing makeup. The harder you tell him that he has to look a certain way, the more he's going to dive into makeup. Second of all, there's a real inherent... Because... Because we have the contrast of Leah, who actually did want the makeover, we end up with some kind of intrinsic hypocrisy within this episode. Because what we're saying is to Leah, it doesn't matter what's on the outside, but for Debbie, it's the only thing that matters. And we're trying to hold these people up as both being correct, which is we can't, Sally, you can't, you can't, she doesn't. She kind I don't know, she doesn't take it on head on. I think that's kind of why because she knows that it's like we can't get into the morals of this because everything falls apart as soon as we did do get into the ethics of it because we're just, it's hypocritical. There are two different situations. One is a girl asking for help and one is parents asking for help to prevent their children from individuating in a healthy way. Those are two different situations. So out come Colby and Sheena. They're lugs. Colby has got some kind of, it's it's a bit of, it's goth kind of makeup, I guess. It's not insane. His hair is styled. It's a messy type of style, but you can see that it's, He put effort into it. Like, I can see... I can't see the mousse, but, like, I can see that it has product in it. He's got big shorts and, like, a button-up long-sleeve white shirt. Kind of like if Boy George was 12 and hadn't yet figured out how to be good at makeup, but he's taken, like, his first few baby steps down the path of makeup. It didn't... It looked like a... It looked... I don't know. I want to say... I don't want to say fine, but... Fine for 12. If you were an adult and you were dressed like that, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna judge you boots down house or house down boots. But no, it's fine. When you're 12, you're fine to look kind of stupid. Sheena, Debbie had said Sheena, Sheena was a model and you would never know it. You would absolutely know it. Sheena is gorgeous. Like, if you, Debbie, I don't know if you know, but models are more judged on like what they're facial features are not the clothes that they currently have on their body necessarily she's beautiful like Sheena is beautiful this isn't really her moment because she's 12 but when she grows up I think she's gonna be stunning she kind of looked like Kristen Stewart but prettier than Kristen Stewart I don't find Kristen Stewart that pretty but she was giving me beautiful Kristen Stewart Kristen Stewart on her best day She's wearing a toque that has it has a bunch of extra at the top. I like my toques with, like, extra at the back, <laughs> so it's, like, straight up, like, if you picked it up off the shelf and then dropped it on her head, which isn't a look that I've ever dabbled in, but I understand it's a look. It looks kind of dumb to me. I just think it was of the time. She's got jeans, t-shirt. <laughs> you think that for a teenager makeover episode, it'd have a lot. I saw I was going to have a lot to say about their outfits, but they're all basically the same because it's the 90s and it's the grunge era. So jeans, t-shirt, oversized cardigan, hair and makeup, pretty typical for a 90s kid who's like 12 or 13 years old. I think they've both drawn something, maybe like a spider web or something on the sides of their faces and sort of like the cheek or temple kind of area, like upper cheek temple area, but it looks maybe smeared or... I don't know what happened there, but Sheena, you could definitely see did. And then it looked like Colby had something similar, but kind of smeared. Debbie's yelling, he's a boy at the audience. (laughs) Okay. I don't want to always be like, oh, don't assume his gender, but like, it's just such a, what a hell to choose to die on. Debbie's like, look at the lips. And I had to be like, why? Oh, I guess they have a darkish green lipstick on. Okay, Sheena's like, I like it this way. And Debbie's like, yeah, but you look like a freak. Like, hate that word. Debbie tells some story, I didn't even understand it fully, about... I think she was saying the staff at the airport was going to help Colby. Colby's still very small. He hasn't hit that puberty growth spurt yet. So... <laughs> Anyway, I guess the airport staff was like, oh, no, it's a little boy. Like, let me help you with your luggage. And then he was like, oh, like, Colby was like, no, no, I'll do it. And he was, like, scared to death of them. It seemed completely irrelevant. I have no idea why. Maybe because she's like, oh, he looks hard. But he's still a little kid who's scared of airport staff. But he didn't really look that hard to me. Or, like, his look wasn't that harsh. So, like... I just didn't understand what the relevance was. Sally asks the kids if they're sure they want a makeover because it seems like they enjoy their look. And Sheena's like, I love it. And Colby's like, I love it, but mom hates it, so I'll do it for mom. And at this point, I was like, Debbie, as much as you're being a huge bitch right now, You understand that if your kids were actually, like... I don't want to say bad because that's a bigger judgment than I'm willing to put on children. But, like, if they were, quote-unquote, bad kids or, more accurately, struggling, like, kids who were struggling, they wouldn't be on this show, right? They would quite rightly tell you to fuck off when you you suggested it. That would be more, uh, like, if... If you're like, Mom, I think you're an idiot, but I will go on TV and get a stupid makeover for you, Like you you have a good kid. You're fine. You're, your kids are fine. It doesn't matter like what phase of dress they're going through. We don't need to try to change it. And Sally reminds them, which is also absolutely true, that they can change back after the show. In fact, I think they'll have to change back after the show because at most they got one outfit out of being here. Next, Lisa with her sister, Tracy. Tracy is 17. Lisa looks like a very sweet dormouse type of girl. With She's got like a permed bang type situation. I, I, I was of the time, I understand. She's very pretty. Lisa complains, pretty but not made up. Like Debbie was pretty, but she obviously puts a lot of effort into looking pretty. Lisa was like naturally pretty. No makeup. Lisa complains that Tracy wears only ripped up jeans and looks like a boy. We have a lot of gender. That's the other thing that triggers me about these is gender identity and gender roles <laughs> and the fascism. Lisa does gush about tra like about Tracy as a person. She's a really nice person. Everyone loves her. She's got a great personality. She says that Tracy has a bunch of piercings. Lisa thinks some are good, but that she's taking it a bit too far with the piercings. Here comes Tracy. Uh, Hey, Lisa, you really buried the lead on this one because Tracy looks like the literal opposite of Lisa. (laughs) Lisa looks like she's going to church on a nice country day. (laughs) Uh, Tracy looks like she is in the movie SLC Punk. (laughs) She has this like spiky, dark green hair. Like not spiky, but like mohawk spiky. Tracy's a larger lady. She has a shirt. I kind of like, I don't, I would never wear a t-shirt like that, but it made me laugh. I guess it said skateboarders suck, period. (laughs) One period at the end. Skateboarders suck, period. And she's got a stripy long sleeve tee underneath with like baggy jeans. She does have a lot of piercings. Sally tells Lisa she sees the problem. so <laughs> fucking rude. Tracy tells us that she has 10, I guess Lisa said she has nine body piercings, but Tracy's like, actually I have 10 body piercings and five are in her ears, two nose, one lip, one chin, and one belly button. And Sally, like a weirdo, asks, she's like, oh, no nipple piercings, right? <laughs> Why do you care, Sally? Tracy says that, like, going, she's like, oh, I'm not done. I want to get my eyebrows done. I want to get my cheeks done, my tongue, and the nipples. But, like, later. Nipples are least interesting to me because they would be least visible. So if we're giving her a makeover, they again, they seem least relevant to what we're doing today. Now Sally briefly morphs For a second, I was like, she morphs into a 75-year-old fuddy-duddy. And then I was like, she's actually, like, a 60-year-old fuddy-duddy. So it wasn't, like, a huge jump. But what she says is, so you'll just be a mess of holes. And when you eat soup, it will just pour out of you in every direction, I guess. Because that's how fucking piercings work. Lame Sally. Sally makes it serious for a second, for just a brief second by talking about how there's like a wedge in the family because of this. Tracy says she used to be close to her parents and now they don't communicate at all. She has to change her whole look just to go out grocery shopping with them. That's sad. Now Leah, Colby, Sheena and Tracy all head backstage for their makeovers. I wish Tracy's parents had been here so we could talk to them about the uh, gaping chasm emotionally speaking in their family that seemed interesting, but that's fine. So as we go to commercial, we see the episode title in the worst, craziest font I have ever seen. I need you guys to understand that all of the fonts are bad. It's the 90s, so I, I understand that fonts have come a long way in the last 30 years, but what I also need you to understand is that this was the worst. <laughs> this was the worst of the worst. It's it's not even as bad as one bad font because it's actually one terrible font on top of a different terrible font. <laughs> the help there's also two colors. We have two fonts in two colors alternating by sentence. So the help is blue, like a blue font on top of a pink font and the rest is a pink font over a blue font. Again, the the most hideous shades of pink and blue you can think. Now the bottom font for both is like a 3D block style font. And then the top font looks like it was written in Sharpie. I It was so bad that I, I couldn't describe it any more specifically. And I still feel like it's confusing to think about because it's <laughs> so so pat up next we have patricia but then sally refers to her as pat honestly she looks more like a patricia than a pat i would have expected her to clap back on the pat i don't she didn't look like a pat she looked like a patricia the Chiron under pat patricia is says her daughter tria dresses like a slob with no style now pat Has a look all her own. She's wearing a red choir robe. I can't call it a dress. It looks like a choir robe. With a doily on top? (laughs) Never seen such a thing. It's like a big oversized crocheted doily. But with a hole in the center. And then the whole... Her head goes through the holes. <laughs> it's like I don't think it was part of the dress. I think you could wear it over any dress or outfit of your choosing. It didn't. It didn't make the dress look any less like a choir robe. That's for sure. She has white tights on. Do people still wear white tights? We're past white tights, right? Nobody. Why would you? <laughs> why would you choose to make your legs look pasty? Ever. That is wild perfectly coiffed hair like perfect not a hair out of place she's got earrings and her makeup's done and she's got about 50 bracelets on each of her wrists Tria is 14 years old Pat's daughter Pat Patricia's daughter Pat Patricia gushes about how amazing of a human Tria is but says her clothes just leave so much to be desired she says, Tria wears oversized men pants and oversized men's tops. And Sally's like, quite really. She's like, but they all are. That's what we're hearing. <laughs> That's You had to invite people, Sally, to know kind of what the current fashion is for young teens. You couldn't have opened a fucking magazine in prepper. I mean, like, I don't know necessarily. I have an idea because I see them. Open your eyes, Sally. That's what I'm trying to say. Pat Patricia says, But it just doesn't make a statement. Well, it makes a statement. It's an inappropriate statement. I would like for her to have a softer, more feminine appearance. I'm getting so tired of these form fitless clothing. Wow. Form fitless. No. Gross. Like, no, that's not a word. Also, that's disgusting to say about your 14-year-old daughter. And again, the more that you require her to have a softer, more feminine appearance, I think she's just gonna reject that even harder. Cause she's a teenage girl. Now we get a home video of Pat inside of Tria's closet, which felt like an even bigger invasion into Tria's personal space and privacy. And I didn't, it was stupid. She just showed us a bunch of jeans and sneakers. Okay, out comes Tria. Tria, just like all of them basically, look like a she looks like a, a typical 90s kid. And Sally says Tria looks cute. Yeah, Tria, again, she has a very pretty face. She is wearing like a big shirt and big pants. She's still pretty, like it <laughs> doesn't really matter. Pat Patricia says these are men's clothes. And then Tria's standing up, which is something they asked Tria to do. She wasn't just standing there. They were like, stand up, show them your outfit. And then she pulls the shirt together behind Tria so that we can see Tria's whole figure. And I didn't need that because Tria's 14. Fuck you, Pat, Patricia. What's wrong with you? You put your daughter on a stage. You complain that her clothes are too baggy. And then without asking her, you pull them back so we can see her whole body. Hey, dipshits on this show, did you know that 14 year old girls don't really always feel great about their bodies <laughs> because it's kind of a transition period for every everyone, I think. I don't know anyone who really looked great in at 14, at least not without like, no, <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's ever going to be your moment when you're 14 and it shouldn't be. That would be so sad. If the best you looked ever is when you're 14, that is a sad life for you. I feel bad. I didn't. I don't, I don't like it. Like, she is 14. She's not a child. We don't need you to pull her clothes back so that we can see her body. If she doesn't want to show her body, again, that is a very normal feeling. And I don't, I don't like this. I think that might have been where I I, I screamed. That might have been the first time that I screamed watching this. I might have screamed at Debbie too, but this episode really had me riled up. Tria, I, Tria I was. Tria might be my favorite guest this episode. She accuses... She's like, yeah, but listen, my mom here dresses up to clean the house. (laughs) So who's the loser? She doesn't say who's the loser, but Pat, you're a loser. Pat Patricia says, well, I am not asking Tria to emulate me. I'm just asking her to be representative of our family values. So to emulate you by dressing how you think reflects your family values. Tria's like, she wants me to wear flower dresses and bows in my hair and skip off to school. (laughs) Sally says Pat is, she, I mean, not right away. There was a bit of a laugh or a thing there, but Sally says Pat is exceedingly glamorous. Tria's like, listen, I play basketball, which actually when she said that, I was like, oh yes, that, I can see that. Like just from the way she was sitting, she was like kind of hunched over. It just, it, it was a lot of basketball. Posture, posturing and she says all the other moms show up to games looking normal like regular moms and that is not how Pat Patricia is showing up to these games she says she's never seen her mom wear jeans even one time in 15 years and (laughs) Sally's like well she's probably prettier than all the other moms right and Tria's like no she's not (laughs) no hesitation at all funny just because pat patricia kind of deserves to be dragged by her daughter here I'm, I'm so here for tria's shade tria also i think makes a good point is she's like okay but my mom has no money in her pocket she looks great but wait she spends all her money on ridiculous clothes and sally's like well that's her look Like, <laughs> so we're res- we're supposed to respect pat patricia's look even though it negatively affects their family's bottom line, but fuck Tria and her luck. Like, again, like you can't push too hard on that, obviously, Sally, because it's, it's, uh, you don't want to shine light on what we're doing here in that way, I don't think. There's this whole thing about dresses that Pat's mom bought for Tria, Pat's mom, that Pat, Patricia, bought for Tria that they go missing, and Tria's like, I don't know, I just lost them. <laughs> like they're like, well, they're not in your closet. Where are they? And she's like, I don't know. Just lost them, I guess. And she kind of looks like the cat that ate the canaries. <laughs> Sally says, So then if you just lose them, why are we going to do a makeover on you? Why would we waste our time? And Tria's like, for her, <laughs> you dumb bitch. Like, what? I Tria never said she wanted to be here. Like, what a stupid thing to throw in her face. And then Patricia, you can tell this is not the first time she said this sentence from how she delivers it. She's like, I think, Tria, this is a one-time occurrence. Do it for your dear mother. If I was in this situation, I don't know if I'd be saying words that sounded so close to mommy dearest. Next, we have Beth with her 14-year-old daughter, Tori. Beth looks shit. She's got an ugly mullet hairdo and not a good face and her makeup is not helping anything that she's doing. Beth says this is where if I was I was screaming before, but this is where I really started to scream. like obscenities. Beth says the Tory dresses like a slob. She has the body of a 14 year old that she should show off what the actual fuck Beth no, no. No, <laughs> no. She says she wears flannel shirts, baseball cap, baggy jeans—every single thing that every one of these teens wears because that is the style of the day. Sally tells us that Tori used to be in pageants and she had even won Misses Misses Miss Little Miss Massachusetts. And that a boy at one point asked her to a dance, but she said no because she didn't want to wear a dress. Kel, surprise. Like, for some reason, the pageant thing seems to make everyone be like, she was in pageants and now she wants to wear baggy clothes and not show off her body or be told to wear? Why? Like, <laughs> just because of the thing. Because of the thing we just, the pageants, the pageants, the pageants are, okay, hot take, I. they're kind, mm, not always, I, I do believe there are kids that want to do pageants, like Leah, right? There's a Leah out there who's like, I love, genuinely, I love pageants, and I like doing this, and I'd be sad if I didn't get to do it. I think most of the kids in pageants don't fall into this category, and then we get into a weird place where now we're talking about like child abuse and like exploitation setting children up to be victims sexualization of children Mm, like it here's Tori Tori looks cute I really this is a useless thing to say but she looked a lot I could see it I could see she turned her face and I was like oh it's like that boy from that movie that's as far as I got (laughs) don't know the movie and I don't know the actor, but she looked familiar to me in a way I probably in three weeks I'll be like, Ah, damn it. I'll tell you. <laughs> if I remember, I'll try to let you guys know. But she looked fine. She looked young. She looked like a twelve year old, but she looked fine. She had a flannel shirt and ripped jeans and a hat with a ponytail and she says she doesn't like dresses. So now Tori and Tria head backstage. Well, we get to look at that ugly as fuck font on font monstrosity that somebody thought was a good idea. Next, we get Barbara and Arthur with their 12-year-old daughter, Erica. You know what? I was wrong. Erica's the one that looks like the actor. All of these people, again, flannel shirt, ripped jeans, hat. <laughs> they look the same to me, so I don't know. It's easy <laughs> to get confused. Anyway... Nothing even distinguishing about Tori that wouldn't help me. I can't even picture her right now, to be honest. So now Tori and Tria head backstage. And then next... Next, we get Barbara and Arthur. And it's Barbara, but I'm going to say Barbara. And 12-year-old daughter, Erica. Barbara is Melissa McCarthy. She looks exactly like Melissa McCarthy. Arthur is an Arthur. <laughs> he looks exactly like an Arthur. He's got like a mustache and a styled hairdo, same with the Colby or whatever, right? Like it's, I can't see the mousse or the gel, but I can see that it has product in it and it's holding a style. He's got a black blazer over a black shirt with the red pocket thingy, (laughs) you know, the handkerchief in the pocket, it's red, and tan pants. Their Chiron says... Say their daughter, Erica, dresses like a bum living on the street. And then I was really screaming. <laughs> was like, mm, no. Sally asks Braba, well, what does she wear that makes her look like a boy? <laughs> Braba responds with, she's disgusting, okay? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Wild thing to say about your daughter if my mom ever said that about me. <sighs> I... I would fall into a deep well of depression. I don't know how I'd get out of it. Bra says, well she's 4'8. Look at these look at this shirt. Look at these jeans. They're too big. She walks like she has a load in the back of her pants. She looks like she gets her clothes out of the garbage bin, and it's embarrassing. I think I've been saying I think earlier I said Chevron instead of Chiron, and that's so embarrassing. Oh my god. Okay, so anyway, the Chiron has now changed from Arthur to Artie. No explanation. I I don't know why they couldn't be consistent with just the names that are being presented. They must be doing this really last minute, eh? Anyway, Sally asks where she got the clothes, if not out of the garbage bin. And apparently, Erica mopped them from Artie. <laughs> she just goes into her dad's dresser and takes his clothes, and now they're hers. I remember doing that too, (laughs) to an extent. Not to this extent, but it it was the 90s, guys. Okay, big clothes were in. Who has the biggest clothes in your house? Probably your dad. Makes sense. Sally asks about the underpants. Like, I guess she wears his boxers. Okay. Here's Erica in a purple... Like a big, big purple Guess t-shirt. It had a big Guess logo on the front. I was like, so 90s, it hurts. And she's got her hair in a ponytail in a scrunchie. <laughs> her parents complain about a Kool-Aid dye job. <laughs> which is even just, just plunging into the 90s fashion of it all. I can't even see the dye job, though, that they're talking. They're like, it's red. Like, it's done with Kool-Aid. And the dad makes them like, I used to drink Kool-Aid. Now she's putting it in her hair. (laughs) Okay, Jen, calm down. She, okay, this is what I said. She looks like someone I can't pin. And if I remember who that is, (laughs) that child from that movie, I will let you know. This family is a double because Erica's grandma, Dorothy, is also here with one of her other granddaughters. I guess not Arthur and, uh, Artie, Arthur, Artie, and Barbara's child, different child, same grandma, is here with, the grandma's here with Erica. No. the Fuck. The grandma Dorothy is here with, I think it was Antoinette. I think Sally said Jolie Antoinette. I think she meant, like, Jolie Antoinette. I don't, she's, she tries to make some kind of, like, Marie Antoinette asks if she looks like Marie Antoinette and Dorothy says, no, she looks like something out of a Playboy magazine. This is a different, okay. Again, this is a different, different problem where it's like, if you're 16 or if you're a 16 year old daughter or granddaughter is very dressing, very provocatively, I'm not saying it's not a problem. I'm just saying, let's, understand why she feels that she needs to do that so we can help her find a better way to accomplish whatever goals she has that she thinks that this is serving. Sally describes Dorothy as a beautiful lady, which I understand because she looks like she goes to the same hairdresser and stylist as Sally, but uh, Sally, maybe you can't see because you're standing far away from her, but Dorothy is wearing a necklace that's, I think it says Dottie. And to me that is unforgivable as far as fashion goes, that is so tacky. The new hypocrisy that comes in with adding kind of a third situation to the panel is that now we're complaining that Antoinette is dressing too feminine. See how shitty it was to be a woman or a girl in the 90s where if you dress nerdy, which is more a lack of effort, I would say. If you don't put effort into your looks, you're wrong. Like, Leah's wrong. And if you dress, say, against gender norm. Or if you choose what to wear. Um, in a, I don't know, more with, like, the grunge. Which was the style at the time. You're also wrong because you're not dressing per your gender norms, and also if you dress too slutty, that's also a problem. <laughs> so don't dress slutty, don't dress like a boy, but do put effort into your look. It just I it seems like a lot of restrictions, like or or it's a lot of expect it's a lot of different expectations that it seems like it would. It sucks. It sucks to have so much put on you as a 12 or 13-year-old girl. Here comes Antoinette. Antoinette is in an all-white mini dress with calf height boots. It is a very low-cut dress. Very low-cut dress. Antoinette is filling it out like I would never have in my life, but definitely not at 16. She's got, like, hoop earrings. She has a very pretty face. The only problem is she... She, it's a smaller, it's, it's easy to correct this, I think. And when she goes home, I think she will, but she has drawn on her eyebrows and they're really not that badly done. Like, especially for 1996, the problem is that the color is too dark. It doesn't, it's dark. She has dark hair, but the eyebrows are darker than her hair. And that looks weird, but that is easily something she can fix. Sally, uh, I don't know. She kind of asks. Antoinette I don't know like what do you think Antoinette's like well I can dress the way I want I can handle myself we got another home video of Antoinette in her favorite clothes quote-unquote with her grandma I don't mind as much the home videos when the kid is also there it includes like I don't know a halter top some sheer what looked to me like a bodysuit that was cute but also I, I was like maybe it's a bathing suit and that's why the grandma has it. But it was a it was a one-piece bathing suit, so it could have been a lot worse. I mean, it, as far as what Dorothy thinks is bad goes. Now we meet Sally's crack team of stylists. The first one is Sally's hairdresser, like Sally's hair person. The second one is Sally's stylist. And at this point, I was like, so these people style Sally Jesse Raphael, who is... No younger than 60. Is this what we want? I don't know. Then we get a third person who I suppose is what they've added to make this more hip. Uh, Some lady, I didn't write anyone's name down there, but uh, she is the fashion director of YM Magazine, which I forgot, does YM Magazine still exist? I've kind of meant to look that up, but then I also wanted it to just live in perpetuity in my head. I'm sure it's become something else, but I'd forgotten about YM Magazine. I loved YM Magazine. It's amazing. I wonder what YM stands Young Magazine Magazine? That's dumb. <laughs> okay. But I remember it was like a big deal at the time. Uh I also wanted to know just uh just going to put my union steward hat on for a second. Uh did Sally pay her hairstylist and stylist stylist extra money for the extra work that they did today? Or was this like uh listed under their regular duties? Just just wondering. There's makeovers. Sheena and Colby come out first. Sheena the thing is that is okay. The other thing that ends up being weird about these episodes is that they always end up dressing these kids like grown-ups. Like they're they're never to me, they're not really it's not a realistic look. Ever. Vis-a-vis 12-year-old Sheena is dressed in a power suit. With a kind of, not lime, like a soft lime shade blouse. Why why do we have to dress 12-year-olds in power suits? It's so dumb. Like, it's just dumb in a different way. Colby is dressed like a dork with a yellow sweater vest and his hair has been restyled into kind of a mushroom cut situation. Sally's like, he looks like a guy. These two kids look pissed. They don't look like they like it at all. Someone out of SHOT asks what I thought was the best question of the whole the whole 50 minutes. Someone out of SHOT asks if we can ask the kids if they like it, and Sally breezes right past that on to Tracy. <laughs> Tracy, if you'll remember with the spikes and the piercings, Sally says this was not easy. Tracy comes out and she's dressed like your aunt. <laughs> I promise. She's dressed like an aunt. She's 17. She looks like she's 42. (laughs) She looks like a grown-up. It looks stupid. But I don't know. She's crying. I don't know how she feels about it. Lisa's like, my sister's back. Now we have Tria, who is the one with the Pat Patricia bitch mom. Tria comes out in like a silk mini dress, a bit of a lilac color hair is like styled it's got that flip out at the bottom i it's kind of a 90s nice thing the dress is it's pretty short and it has zero stretch and i i didn't like it like it seemed short for again what are we trying to accomplish like i just don't know what we're trying to accomplish here by putting these girls who are choosing to wear baggy clothes into short dresses made of material that obviously has no stretch Pat loves it. And then Pat is like, look at her body. She looks so good. Stop telling us to look at the bodies of your 14-year-old daughter. It's gross. (laughs) Don't want to. Now comes Erica with the purple shirt. Erica is in a moss green kind of dress with with a sweater tied around her shoulders and a headband. Like, like she's fucking Matilda or something. Like, who dresses like this? Nobody dresses like this. It's weird. I guess she looks nice. It's just that she's not in a catalog. If she was going to be in a photo shoot for a catalog, I'd say she looks great. <laughs> but it's not... I don't... If I saw someone wearing that as a child, I'd be like, where are you going? <laughs> it's just not a normal outfit. Erica's... Cousin Antoinette is back, and she is dressed like she's 23, and it's her first ever day in an office. And also, I can't see her pretty face anymore because of how they've styled her hair, which I didn't like. Next is Tori of the Beauty Pageants, who I cannot picture in my head because they all look... I think she was wearing a hat. Now that I think about it, I think she had like a baseball cap on. Oh yeah, it had you Massachusetts on it. I can't spell Massachusetts. Anyway, uh, now she's in a dress with like a floral pattern. She really does have a pretty face. I guess you can kind of see it more now, but she's so young that I don't know why we need to. Finally, we have Leah. Leah looks great. She's walking like a boss-ass bitch. She does, I think, like three or four runway walks like, back and forth. What's unfortunate is that Sally doesn't have a runway like Jenny Jones, so when they do their walks, it's like... Back and forth across the stage, it looks sort of stupid. She's in a pale blue power suit again. Not sure why we have to put teenagers in power suits. She's doing like a model walk. She's doing her best model walk. She's got this like stank face on, which I think is what she thinks models look like. Unfortunately, her shoulders—it's a—it's a bit of a clompy walk. It's like when girls show up to America—I don't know if they still do—but they used to show up to America's Next Top Model and like clomp down the runway. <laughs> Like, it was their first time on a runway. I mean, obviously, this is Leah's first time on a runway, so fine. But it... it. She looked like she felt great. And I'm happy for her in that sense. Also, she looks great. But where are her glasses? Because part of it is, like, they... Whoa, they took her glasses off and took the ponytail out. But did she need those? Did they get her contacts? Y'all know she still needs to see, though, right? Like, it's like... I just I just want to make sure that she's not going to trip on her way like up the bus. Uh they also they cut a lot of her hair off. Her hair was really long before and it's very short now. It looks a lot better, but it's also cut in such a way that I can see it's going to need to be styled probably every day by Leah at home and I think that's going to be tough. Sally tells Leah she's sending the camera crew with Leah to school tomorrow on the bus to see how it goes down, which is dumb because (laughs) just, like, obviously people are going to be different when you're walking in with a camera crew behind you, regardless of whether your look has changed or not. Also, I, I think it was the next day. Leah said it's the next day that she was going to school, but she, um... It looked like she... It looked like a day two hairstyle. (laughs) You know what I mean? I I was like, oh, I wonder if she had to do it herself. And then I was like, "Mm, I don't think she did that herself. I think she slept on it and tried to, like, zhuzh it up a bit. She's wearing a completely different outfit. That really doesn't look any better. And then Sally says, no one better look at her cross-eyed on that bus. (laughs) It's like the... Kind of felt like a dig, but... I'm sure it was not intentional. And Sally's producers, because Sally's like, who's going with her? We're going to send our producers with her to school to protect her, I guess, or make her seem cool. (laughs) Because nothing says cool teenager like the crew from Sally Jetson Raphael's show. They're like waving fingers like they're going to defend her. And then this brought up more questions for me. I was like, should we have adults defending teenagers on the bus? Is that going to be effective? Or it seems uh not guaranteed to work we see her go on the bus apparently we we quote unquote we will get an update later in the week on leah at school to see how that all went down but not today and for us not ever because again we're watching this from the future and i have no access to that episode or no way to find it so as far as we know leah did great (laughs) <laughs> there is one audience comment which was lovely it was just a nice thing to say it was Leah you're a masterpiece and if you ever come back to this city you got a friend in me I will that woman looked like she couldn't have been younger than 25 though and at the same time I was like should 16 year olds be hanging out with full adults question mark but the sentiment was nice <laughs> I think that was my what... The footage, and there's more footage of this bus ride. Leah's like, Oh, people didn't even recognize me. It's crazy. No ponytail or glasses. <laughs> what? And then she says, It was the ride of my life. And I hope your life gets better, Leah, because that kind of makes me sad. Sally closes this off with, You don't need a penny to have polish and have good manners, and those will take you very, very far. Thanks to all our guests. See you in about six months. <laughs> Are you my dentist? Like, <laughs> why six months? <laughs> it just seemed like such a weird dentisty way to end an episode. But thank you to all of you for listening and being here and joining me. I'll see you in about a week. <laughs> I'm because they're scheduled that way, so that's why. If you have a really quick second and you enjoyed this episode at all, and you can give me a quick rate and or review and or subscribe, I would really appreciate it. And thank you so much if you've already done that. Again, thank you for listening and I will see you, see you again in about a week. Okay, bye.